Gio, we are back. It's been back, it's baby. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Ooh. It has been. You know, we've uh, we've had our um, inconsistencies this week, but you know what? It feels good to be back in the recording studio. And when I say recording studio, I mean my bed and my laptop, and God. that's about it. That yeah. I have a I have a full setup here. And I, I, I do usually record from a desk, but um, my girlfriend and I are staying out for the past few days um, at her parents' place in my hometown of Tawasin. So, um, you know, don't have my desk set up. So I'm, I'm just lounging on a bed here, very comfortable um, and uh, ready to talk about a pretty diverse array of, uh, of sports topics, Aaron. We've got we're going to be covering... Um, quite the the variety here um of different topics i'm kind of excited for today's episode yeah i'm happy we're talking about sports and not your personal life because i feel like the listeners want to hear sports and not where you're sleeping tonight so well i mean if they want to hear about my hair products um perhaps my body washes shaving shaving gear yeah Yeah, i don't think you need shaving gear though well, not like you. I mean, let's face it. Um, this guy fucking, you know, I say he's got a fucking. Say it, goddamn it. <laughs> you got those. Uh, you got those Indian jeans in you, where you're. Okay, Aaron. Growing up, let's face it. Like, obviously, you know, East Indian guys for them, like for the most part, they in terms of facial hair, they definitely develop quicker. For like generically speaking, then you know, scrawny mm-hmm. white kids. Mm-hmm. Were you one of those kids? Like, were you rocking like a full blown stash in like grade five? Like, when did it? When did it kind of <laughs> happen for you? <laughs> uh, full blown stash, grade six, grade seven, for sure. <laughs> yeah, wasn't oh, was so not funny. was not ideal because like you just have the stash and you don't have a beard, so then you look kind of gross, you know. Dude, in grade seven, I had a full blown creeper stash, and my like I was like I looked just awful, just like little scrawny like Italian slime ball with the with the stash wheeling around school. And I remember gr- summer of grade seven into grade eight was the first time I uh, I shaved. Yeah, I was <laughs> I can't believe it, but the first time I shaved. I was 12 years old, my stash. So it was a pretty, yeah, it was was a thick stash, man. Like, I mean, it certainly isn't like some of the, um, like I said, East Indian guys, like they can really grow a very impressive facial hair. I'm very jealous because mine, mine grows like on the stash, but like I can't connect a beard. I got patches. It's just a pain in my ass. But um, yeah, man, I had to, I had to get that stuff sorted out quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to I want to see how you do fully growing your beard out. So I think we got to do a challenge here. We got to do a challenge. If I can't, the Toronto bro. Maple Leafs, Gio, do not make it past the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think you're going to have to grow out your beard or whatever you call it for the rest of the summer. Oh god, dude, that's I'm probably going to be fucking uh hey second round it's not like the stanley cup just second round they gotta get they gotta get past the second round they gotta make the conference finals yeah man i'm gonna be fucking santa claus if that's the case but um (laughs) you know i uh in more ways than one uh no um no dude like uh yeah i mean honestly i feel good about the leafs this year um you know i say that a lot but you know what we were a goal away from beating a team that went to the stanley cup finals to go to the second round. And now we've added Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Achari, and it looks like uh, according to Darren Drager and some others, um, insiders, Aaron, uh, they don't believe the Leafs are done in the slightest. They think that mm. Toronto is still very much, very, very active in the trade market. Maybe not as big of an impact move as Ryan O'Reilly, but we could definitely see them shore up the defense, add more depth in the forward group. And if Tampa stay, stays relatively, you know, neutral at the de- deadline and, and just simply adds around around sort of the corners of the team and doesn't necessarily make a big move. 
I mean, Toronto should have an upper hand, uh, especially if they keep things rolling till the end of the year. So, well, we don't want to spend yeah. certain for one thing. They're not getting Patty mother freaking Kane and deservedly. So these Leafs fans, Hey, these Leafs fans, Gio yourself include, Oh, you know, his hip, his hip is broken. You know, he's, he's old or this Aaron, guy I could is, sue you right now this for guy, slander. This guy <laughs> is on an absolute dare. It's it's good to see him going off. However, it's not great to see the team going off. The Hawks' final score, Geo, they beat Dallas 4-3 tonight. After being down 3 to nothing. God, we got a tank for Connor, guys. I, I don't know what is going through their heads. Patrick Cade is out. Speaking of Patrick Kane, dude, did you see that goal um, last night or two Just nights ago? The overtime goal. So, um, clapper. yeah, my uh, my girlfriend's brother and I, shout out Beckett, um, we were watching that this morning. Um, I guess there's a replay on, on sports. sick. Yeah. And we watched it such a, like, just uh, came down Main Street and absolutely unleashed a bomb over the, like, the right locker um of uh of laurent bossois and we were watching that and i st- honestly to this and maybe i'm just an idiot but like looking at it i still don't like know how they made the definitive call that that was a no goal like it seemed like he beat the buzzer was simultaneous i know 100 100 right am i like that's what i thought i was like looking at it and i was like still like out because i knew that it was a disallowed goal because obviously it was a replay of the game but i didn't see it and then I watched it live this morning, and I was like, "Okay, like he, he, I think he beat it. Like I think he, I think he's like good." But I guess you know the NHL referees are known for their attention to detail <coughs> and their, uh, you know, really, really you good what, performance. You know what gained a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of, um, I guess, critical acclaim over the weekend was it was week one of the XFL, and. Obviously, Paxton yeah. <laughs> Oh, Paxton. But they were getting a lot of critical acclaim for the way they handled their booth reviews because everything was hot mic. Um, Dean Blandino, Fox. I think Fox. Yeah, Fox referee specialist um, is like the person or the guy in charge of the replay booth for the XFL. And then he is on a hot mic with in communication with the referees or the officials in the field. So you, you as a viewer sitting on the couch know exactly what's going on. And I think that's super, super cool. And they make it super, super simple. Like their booth reviews took like, you know, a minute or so, like not too long at all. And I guess to compare, I don't know if you watch too much rugby at all. Do I'm assuming zero amount of rugby, but in rugby, no, when they yeah. do their review, so the referee is on a hot mic the entire game, pretty much like in terms of like, the viewer can hear when the referee is talking to the players, when he's talking to other referees on the field, when they're even having a conversation or a huddle together, or when the referee is talking to like the official in the booth, um, looking at replays in terms of uh, yellow cards, red cards, if it's a try or not. So rugby has it down really, really well. The XFL got you know a lot of praise in the first weekend. So it'd be pretty cool to see like even the, like the NHL, NBA or NFL even accomplish half of that, you know, because there's always so much like, let's be honest, bullshit that goes around it. Yeah, I mean, I'm really intrigued by the XFL. Like, I obviously don't think that it'll get even remotely near the NFL. Um, no, you know, it's kind of impossible. Like, it's going to be, I think it'll do better <laughs> than whatever Ice Cube was trying to do with the big three league or whatever. Um, but like, I yeah, think don't it hit, actually don't has a, the big three. Come on now. Ugh, whatever uh kind of gives me vibes of like the, remember the nhl i think was in a little bit of a battle with the wha the western hockey association back in the day yeah back in the um, day, yeah. but and it was kind of crazy actually if you think about it because that league took some great players out of the nhl um yeah. granted granted a little bit later in their careers i guess you could argue but um i'm pretty sure i know that dave keon played there but i, I feel like gordy how me of may have dabbled in the WHA as well. Gordy, but, Gordy um, Howe played for Hartford over there, I think. Right, um, him and his well, son, Wayne Mark. Gretzky, Gretzky played there before he jumped. Who did he play for? NHL. Edmonton. Edmonton was in... No, ah, shoot. Well, I think Edmonton was in the WHA. 
Well, he wasn't drafted. Really? He wasn't drafted in the NHL. Um, let me try to find it right now. Let me see. So, yeah, I, I don't think – I think he played for Edmonton um, in the WHA. I'm not too sure. Anyways, whatever. That's long gone. That is old news. Ooh, History. Indi- the Indianapolis Racers for one season. <laughs> what? And then And then he played – Oh, I guess not. He played eight games for Indianapolis, and I guess he got traded to Edmonton. Played 72 games for the Oilers, 104 points. And the next year, they got, I guess, they folded, and then Edmonton transitioned to the NHL. And then Gretzky's first NHL season, 79 games, 51 goals, 137 points. Not a bad start. Um <laughs> Yeah, man. Like the the WHA, like the WHA, definitely had a pretty interesting league. Like I like like you're saying there. Like there was obviously, I mean, the great one played there. Gordy Howe, Mark Howe, obviously, Dave Keon. You know, a lot of great players played in the WHA, and um, it'll be interesting to see if the XFL can kind of carve out. I think it can definitely carve out a niche market, especially for those teams that have lost NFL teams or have been craving and for NFL teams. You know. Um, St. Louis moving out of LA, I know was, was a very sour note just because, um, I think St. Louis had a pretty strong fan base, but, um, you know, there's also a lot of other factors. I mean, you could even look at Oakland. I think they could even have an XFL team. Um, you know, St. Louis, San Diego, just some, have some it, markets. Having a good markets right now, like, um, Washington, apparently the fans over there were pretty, pretty intense. It makes sense because like watching Commanders, commanders is suck. awful, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Like to be honest, watching some of the games or just catching bits and pieces of it, quality wasn't as bad as people thought. Uh, Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon was there. Danucci made a pass to Josh Gordon for a touchdown. It's like whoa, where, that is a flashback and a half. Ulterior dimension. we go. Yeah, but I think all in all for the XFL, good start. You're you're never going to replace the NFL, and I don't think that's a goal for these leagues. It's just another football league and they're capitalizing on like the end just football in general being super 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 popular in the u.s and not having football from the end of february to august basically nfl related like that's a lot of time for you to have run a football league so the usfl is yeah. starting up too yeah, and yeah, like that's the thing, man. There's a, there's just a lot of like good, and there's a lot of great football players out there that you know just don't make it. Like so many like high end Division one athletes, and so few really make it to the NFL and make an impact. And um, you know, just some names like that even are popping into my head now that could carve their way out in the XFL. That you know once had a lot of hype. Like you know, you look at the Josh Rosens and maybe um, you know players like. Um, who oh, just slipped my mind here. Gosh, I just had it. Um, Nathan Rourke. Josh Rose. <laughs> no, dude, he's taking over Trevor Lawrence's job. Maybe Trevor Lawrence can play when Nathan Rourke <laughs> takes over his job. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the Josh Rosens and um, who is that other quarterback? I think that went in that same round. Like even honestly, like that to be honest, like, I could say. see. Oh, so many QBs. That's why I'm like yeah. kind of bumbling around here but even like the guys like who knows where marcus mariota is going to end up now that he kind of you know burned bridges with with atlanta obviously yeah. but i mean i still think he'll stick around but you know i could see just a lot of kind of decent nfl quarterbacks um maybe in the 25 to kind of 32 range that you know are like you know what i actually want a real shot at a gig here um you know making a, a jump and uh carving out a little career there and um, I could see that thing definitely grow just based off what you said. The fact that it's just such a popular sport um, in yeah. America. Yeah. I don't see, though, like a 25 to 30th ranked, even like a 30 to 50 ranked QB going because of the money. I didn't say ranked. I meant age, like in that age range. Oh, oh imagine yeah. that 50. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, still, I don't know. Just because of the money, too. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, if you're basically like cut every time you like join any team, and I mean, I yeah, yeah, who knows? Like tax. I think uh, exactly. Who he's getting cut from the XFL too? So yeah, maybe Johnny Manziel might make a run of the XFL. God, I don't even think XFL teams will take a run of Johnny Manziel. That's how. That's 
toxic that's, he is, hey? Yeah, that, I that's just how, like, I don't know, bad news or trouble. I think for him, he's already kind of embraced or admitted that he's kind of, he lost his career due to the partying and how popular he was and all that stuff. He was super popular, man. Like, it was crazy how popular this guy was in college. Like, I... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he... Oh, my God. And the thing is, too, he's the kind of guy that... You know how they say, like, oh, yeah, you know, he's a humble athlete, doesn't let it get to his head? Like, Mansell was the complete opposite. Like, he allowed it to just completely get to his head and overflow him. Like, the popularity... The girls, the alcohol, the partying, everything. Like he just, and you know what? At the end of the day, I mean, I don't know of any wrong, like things that he's done that were like crim. I don't think he's done any. Like he's been charged with anything, has he? Like I don't, I don't think so. I mean, so like you know what? As long as he kind of kept things in check, um, I don't want to speak it a line because you know what? Nowadays, you never know what a, what someone's done in their past and things come to light or whatever. But you know. You know, but bearing the fact that he, A, you know, didn't go out of line and do anything crazy, but just had himself a fun time, he can look back at that and say, you know what, I had a hell of a time. I got a taste in the NFL. I had an illustrious college career. I poked around in Canada for a bit with the Thai Cats and Alouettes. <laughs> and um, I'm my, sure my friend, already... my friend actually has a Johnny Manziel Thai Cats jersey. That's fucking ridiculous. That's actually Why? sick. <laughs> Imagine rocking that around. <laughs> I'm that is such a meme. That is actually that is pretty ridiculous, but in the best way possible. It's probably Tabby, isn't it? I, <laughs> I want to see someone. I want to see someone rock a Connor Bedard Oilers jersey just for the just for the shit of it. Well, I love the guys that have like <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes Matthews jerseys. Like Leafs fans get so mad about that, but I think it's so funny. Like a thirty-four in like the retro Arizona kit, and guys just go absolutely bonkers. Like Toronto fans are like, "He's signing on July one." Like fuck you, and it's like, dude, <laughs> like just like have fun with it, you know? You know, so that's like that's legitimately funny, but we all know it's not happening. Because Matthews wants to win, right? And True. I guess with Arizona, um, they just traded for Shea Weber's contract today. I don't know if you saw that. And they traded Bruh. for his contract from Vegas so then they can stay above the cap floor and basically get rid of whoever they want, which is kind of weird. If so Arizona is not – ha- Sorry, go ahead. Um, no, 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 go ahead. I was just going to talk about something else, but you're – No, I just wanted to mention saying? before we move on. No, no. I just want to mention, um, <laughs> dude, if you look at Arizona's team and the contracts that they have oh, and you rewound, yeah. like you rewind maybe like 10 years ago, they actually have a sick team because they have Datsuk. Pavel Datsuk's contract, Marianosa, Shea Weber. Uh, I'm sure they got some other guys puttering yeah. around on their payroll, but um, they probably got like Jovanovsky still on the payroll over there. Yeah, they probably just got Chelios puttering around on the... <laughs> Uh, on the back end, but that it's just so funny. Like these, these deals that take place the LTIR and um, you know, I, Matthews ain't going to be a coyote. I'll tell you that. I don't think he's going to be no. jiving with the 5,000 seat arena for the next two years either. Yeah. But what I was going to say with Matthews and like how far fetched of a dream that is, um, word is rumbling around, man, that James Harden, his contract is up this year and apparently there's actually a greater chance of it happening than not that he goes back to Houston. Oh, good God. <laughs> I know, right? Why? Why would Houston why would Houston do that? <laughs> Context Houston like guys. Uh, Houston is like the worst team in the league right now. I'm just trying to get their record here. Houston is 13 and 45. So they are <laughs> The worst team in the league, half a game ahead of San Antonio, who's are behind, who's fourteen and forty five, uh, and yeah, like, but dude, Houston's got Jabari Smith, they got Jalen Green. Smith is okay, I think, right now. Like he hasn't done anything crazy, but Jalen Green's a talent. If they get like someone who's somewhat stable, I think James Harden is stable. Well, if they get Wemen Yama. Oh my god, man! If dude, if I think, well, you know what? Oh god, we're going soft track here, whatever. But I think if Houston gets the number one pick, they wouldn't want 
to go after Harden because it would diminish the development of their young guns because he's going to have the ball all of the time, right? So I don't think well, they'd want to do that shit too. Yeah, like he's yeah, going to be on the court, and like no one's still going to develop because he's going to be taking like yeah, fucking he's going to be traveling all over the court taking step back threes and like not yeah. defending. So it's like great, like why add this to our locker room? Exactly. So I wonder what Houston's going to do. I mean, I think I honestly think they would bring him back if they don't get Wemby. But if they do, then there's no point. Dude, I was looking at Wemby, and I honestly did not realize that this guy's a fucking mutant. He is Dude. seven five. <laughs> I think seven he's five. I think I think he's grown an inch this year or something. How tall was Taco Fall, just for reference? Ah, uh, Taco was seven. I don't think he was seven seven then. No, no, I think he was seven three. Fudge, I, I forget. Like, dude, for for this well, Yao, guy to be as Yao, Yao was seven six. Right and like yeah, so so Ta- was Taco. Taco's, he Taco's was seven six, yeah, yeah. And for a guy of that height to be that dominant, like this might be like a like we might see just an absolute unicorn coming to the to the NBA. Like oh, he doesn't he doesn't want to be called a unicorn. Actually, he wants to be called an alien. Is that true? I don't. I don't. Yeah, that means yeah. Nothing to me. He literally talked about that a couple of days ago. Well, yeah, because okay, well, people are calling Porzingis the unicorn, and like all these, like Chet, Chet Holmgren, the unicorn. So he doesn't want to be. Oh, like, for fuck's sake! All right, fine, he's alien. <laughs> <laughs> all right, We're he wants to be an extraterrestrial. Whatever, a- alien man. Whatever, he's gonna be something that the N- NBA has never seen before. Like to be that big and that, like, you know, dominant. Like Taco. Like I mean, I guess Yao Ming. Yeah, okay. In fairness, yeah, Yao Ming and. And Shaq were big guys, but if this guy's seven five, but seven five and still growing and being a dominant, like unanimous number one overall pick coming into the NBA draft, like I don't recall that ever being a thing of a guy that big. Like Yao Ming obviously carved out a, like a legendary Hall of Fame career, but like I, other than that, can you think of anybody that like is that ridiculously big? And can have like the the impact that Wemby can possibly have at that size. Um, well, there was one person, and he was seven four. Ralph Sampson. He was drafted number one overall, actually. Ralph Sampson. If you if you search him up, Houston Rockets. And that's still like that's still like smaller than this fucking guy. Like, think, it's think wild. With Wemby though, yeah. Thing with him though that everyone's so like hyped about. Like you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned Shaq. Those guys were strictly paint players. They did yeah. not dribble the ball. They weren't like, you know what I mean? This guy has the ball skills of, maybe not a point guard, but a guard. Like he plays like a ridiculous. guard. And he's shooting one footed threes. Like he, he's 19. That's just ridiculous. The French league. Yeah, it is. It is gross. Like you're not, you're not going to see like Shaq or guys like, like, you know, Dwight Howard or whoever you want to name, um, you well, know, not, getting, yeah. getting, getting points outside of the paint. Like this yeah. guy is literally shooting from range. Like this guy's like it's just ridiculous. Like to be able to have the skill set he has at his size is what I mean. Like I, I don't recall in my lifetime seeing a guy that big and being able to have handles and being able to, you know, shoot long range, get in the paint and just be a, a menace at in at, at every aspect of the floor. It's just crazy to me. Dude, he is gonna be a monster and I think he's gonna be too tall though to enter the dunk contest, man. But I know we originally Stand wanted there. to start off. We wanted to start <laughs> off Geo today talking about the dunk contest, but we are gonna talk about the dunk contest now. Jeez, twenty four minutes into the pod, <laughs> love it. Um, Mac McClung. Wow. I don't know if you watched the dunk contest live or if you got a chance to see most of the dunks in the contest. Um, Trey Murphy had some pretty decent dunks. Jericho Sims, like a typical Nick flopped and did awful um wow kj okay. martin did okay did okay but man mac mcclung holy i i, I don't even know what to say about what he did i was pretty much left speechless and i think the rest of the nba players that were watching at the arena were left speechless watching him throw those jams down yeah dude and the best the funniest thing about it is this guy looks like a fucking like you know california realtor just like the whitest guy <laughs> Like, 
I, I like I mean when he jumped over those two guys and did the backward stuff like I was oh, like off the backboard yeah absolutely ridiculous like yeah just I mean you know what this just goes to show how much better of an event that the NBA does when it comes to other leagues in terms of like their I guess their skills competition day you know the each all-star game kind of fucking sucks like the pro bowl sucks the nba sucks even though the nba is actually not as bad um the nhl is the like really bad but the nba just does like i mean the three-point contest and the dunk challenge or the slam dunk challenge like a slam dunk contest rather sorry i don't know man like it's just always such a vibe around it yeah um i know you're talking about the nhl the NHL's competitions, I feel, could be so sick. I don't know about you, man, but when I when watching it like back in high school, um, like Daniel Sedin when he hit those targets in, like eight seconds, and then they used to do the team relays. I forget where they used to like pass the puck over these little bars and stuff and try to get you know. Yep. I don't know if you remember those. Like those were sick. I, I don't know. They would launch it. I think around the circle. The circle. They'd have like mini nets, and they'd have to like yeah. toss them. Those, yeah. those were awesome. Now they do this stupid, like, oh, yeah, let's go onto a golf course and do all that crap or hit. Oh, yeah. Like, you, classic Batman bullshit. Man. Yeah, yeah. When it's also, like, you know what it is? You mentioned it too, dude, last time we talked, I think, about on the pod, like, after it happened. And you kind of nailed it on the head. Like, these guys are like, the NHL guys are almost like, find it embarrassing to try in the All Star game. Like, there's like this perception that, like, they can't. Like, they just got to honestly, like, go in there and kind of lull around. Um, and if they try to do something, like, kind of, like, where it shows that they're putting in a lot of effort, like, they, it's like they're almost embarrassed amongst their peers to even be there. Whereas, like, you go to, like, the dunk contest, even the Pro Bowl, man, like, Derek Carr and, like, kind of the, those challenges and stuff. Like, those guys are actually, like, trying to, like, put on yeah. some sort of a show. Whereas the NHL, like, it's so diluted. It's so, like, flat. It's just think, honestly a waste of time. I think you can also say the same though now for the NBA. Because if you look at the dunk contest participants, uh, we'll talk about the All-Star True. game in a second because that was awful. But look at the participants. McClung <laughs> is not an All-Star. Uh, Murphy was not an All-Star. Sims and KJ Martin was not an All-Star. I'm not too sure why the NHL doesn't do that where they invite like other players out to do like like the fastest skater. Not just the all-star fast skater. Give us like but, Andreas Athianazu and like Connor McDavid. And sh- I mean, Connor McDavid said no, I think. But like, yeah, yeah, like you mean like guys who like aren't necessarily having all-star caliber seasons, but are very like known for having like a, like a certain skill set that is above their peers. We want to yeah. see the best of the best. I don't need to see like a fucking guy that's going to like, you know, skates like slower than the best in the league. I want to see the best go at it. Exactly. So I think NHL has a lot to learn from in that retrospect. But the NBA, Mac McClung saved the dunk contest this year, right? But, like, we need more stars in the dunk contest, man. And it was funny. Stephen A. was blaming LeBron for all this because LeBron never did the dunk contest. And John Morant said he would never do the dunk contest. But it was funny because Zion was like, you know what? Zion's like, if I'm healthy, I'm doing the dunk contest next year. And Mac McClung said... If he gets invited back, he'll do the dunk contest next year. So that would yeah, be sick. Yeah, we want to see that. Yeah, like, I don't know what, dude, in the All-Star game, Job was throwing down some crazy dunks. I kind of like, kind of like as a message that he could, he could do it. Then do it, man. Like, do the dunk contest. At least, like, I don't know. It'd be, who cares if you mess up and stuff? I think people just want yeah, you to Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, no one cares. Like, dude, like, we want to, like, people, I mean, at least me and, and you and, and most fans that, actually like seeing quality performance like i'd rather see a guy like try to pull off something absolutely crazy and and mess it up than just see the same thing over and over again like no one wants to see like the conservative plays like we want to see you do something wild that we've never seen before and if if you execute it it's like the coolest thing ever if you don't you get the biggest props ever for trying it out so screw it go out there do your thing Exactly. And, you know, Kobe did the dunk contest, albeit he was, I think, a rookie or a sophomore. Still, Kobe did the dunk contest. T-Mac did the dunk contest. Um, the OGs, MJ and Dominique, did the dunk contest, kind of made it as popular as it was. And then when the dunk contest started to falter a little bit, Vince Flippin' Carter brought that shit back with his historic dunk contest. And he's a legend. 
And then even like Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, who are top-ish above average NBA players, they really brought back the dunk contest. So, yeah, come on. But All-Star Game. Did you watch the All-Star Game, by the way? Um, No, I don't watch All-Star Games anymore. League. I, yeah, the M- NBA one was I can't, cool. dude. I just can't. So we, I, I know we both left a crap on the Pro Bowl. And we love, both left a crap on the NHL All-Star Game. But the NBA one, man, oh my God. Um, Worst or lowest viewership for an NBA All-Star Game of all time? For And they actually had lower viewership ratings than the Pro Bowl. That is embarrassing. That's, that's, that's embarrassing because the Pro Bowl, <laughs> I think, I mean, obviously the NHL is like awful, but like, I feel like the Pro Bowl is like, like to be beat up by the Pro Bowl is quite the dunk. Like that is I, brutal. I kind of understand the Pro Bowl because like these guys are literally killing each other during the season. They're not trying to do that during the Pro Bowl. You know what I mean? I know, but it's a, it's a joke of a thing. Like fucking Trey Huntley made it. Yeah, yeah. Trey Huntley. Or Tyler Huntley, sorry. <laughs> Tyler Huntley, Tyler Huntley. Yeah, like it's a joke. But the NBA, it's not like they're tackling each other during the games. Like, play some defense, for goodness sakes, you know? It's the same thing. But that's the thing. That's ex- precisely why I didn't watch it. Um, it's because, you know, it's just like, it's just for, honestly, and I get it. It's for kids. Like, it's for the young fans to see, you know, um, the best players in the world kind of do cool things and, you know, be in awe of them, which is whatever. It's fine. But like, I like it. I watched the I watch a bit of the NHL All Star Game, and it's the same thing, man. Like these guys are just coasting around, like screwing around, and it's like it's basically what it looks like is like an open gym, like just yeah, like a, yeah. but what happens what happens to be is just like really good players, and in, like intram- they're either just like at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, they're just literally like fuck it, like we're just gonna screw around and have some fun, and um, if that's really what the fans want, which I don't think it is, but. If that's the case, then whatever. I just it doesn't interest me. And like you said about the viewership, I think it's really starting to lose its cachet with the fans because nobody really wants to see that anymore. Like, be more creative. Come up with something. Give the players from all these leagues some kind of incentive to be at the All Star game. Like we've seen it in the NHL, Aaron, where guys are like actively like faking injuries to like get away from the All Star game. Yeah, like yeah. like most guys want to just get on a bird to Mexico or Hawaii. And take like a few days off while, you know, other guys have to go to fucking Florida and like hack around and pretend that they're having fun and pretend that they're they care to be there. And there's no incentive other than almost like this like forced obligation that they feel to the fans and the fans for the most part don't even like it. So overall uh, across the board, NBA, NHL, NFL, um, even MLB, which is already boring enough, like. Yeah, just cut it. Either cut it or revolutionize it and give the players a real reason to want to be there and put on a show. The funny thing about the NBA All-Star game and the whole process is when guys don't get voted in for All-Stars, there's like, oh, you know, bonus. yeah, that too. But they get like pissed that they didn't make it. Oh, well, doesn't it, um, doesn't it affect their like um, their their salary range? Yeah, it, it does affect their contracts quite a bit um, with their max and their bonuses that they can get. But some of these guys get pissed. Like, oh, you know, like I would really want to be there, da-da-da. Or some of these young players that make it for the first time, they're like, oh, you know, I'm super like excited to get on the court. Then they get on the court and they do nothing. <laughs> you well, know? that's the thing, man. It's like you kind of – I feel like you jump on the court. You're probably excited like before once you get the call and sort of the media attention that comes with it. But then you get on the court and you're, you know, you're standing alongside some veteran guys who are just basically like bumming around. And you probably yeah. feel like out of place if you're out there trying your ass off while you know, LeBron's got his you know, head up his ass and throwing chalk in the sky. Like <laughs> you're just kind of – you're just not feeling it like, or you're just like feel out of place if you're going to go out there and try to ball out. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense, but yeah, the all-star game awful. They need to, 
like they they don't need to figure anything out. Like it doesn't need to get more gimmicky. It's just got to be the players that are actually doing the game. If just got to kind of take it more seriously. At this point, like how much more is a league gonna offer as a mon- monetary incentive, especially in basketball where these guys are making because they're the all stars. They're making forty million dollars a year. What is oh you win an all star game you get five hundred thousand dollars like these guys won't give well, you know what that. I think you need to give them some sort of incentive for their team. Because, okay, the way I look at it is, like, as a team, you are sending your best player or best players to the All-Star game as the representative of your team. And I don't know how you would do this because it's so complicated, but I almost think that giving the players some sort of incentive, like, uh, I don't know if it's, um, you know, if like, say it's East versus West or whatever, right? some sort of incentive for the guys out there that could have ramifications on their team um, during, whether it's during the regular season, like during the playoffs, like it's such a hard thing to do because you have just such a a mix mash of everybody, but something that would make them kind of sit back and think, huh, if I try like hard and win, like this could do something good for my team. It could do something good for me. I mean, like like you said, monetarily, it seems to be not something that's super motivating because, I mean, what more can you really do at this point? So there has to be some kind of caveat, but I, I don't have the answer, but it, it, that's what it feels like. It feels like you need to kind of spark the players one way or another that could affect their team and maybe like their season. It's decent. It also goes down a slippery slope, though, with the competition. It does, yeah. Because you the can. MLB, yeah. the MLB did have it. I don't know if you knew this, but yeah, and I in, think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, so the AL, AL, and NL would have their All Star game or MLB All Star game, and then the winner, the winning conference, would have home field advantage for the World Series, which is pretty intense, actually. That's yeah, but then that's what I was thinking. Like, but but it was like super, and this is where you can get unfair. So let, let's maybe put this in NHL terms. Let's say your your Leafs uh, make the um, Stanley Cup final, right? And they're playing a Cinderella team that makes it. Let's say Edmonton, eighth place, or who's eighth place right now? Like Nashville, they make the Stanley Cup final. But because the Western Conference won the All-Star game, they get home advantage over Toronto, who, or let's say Boston that won the President's Trophy. Like that's really stupid when you look at it that way, right? So I feel like that's... And the MLB got rid of it, I think, because of that. And the players were like, dude, this is, like, really stupid. Like, get, get rid of this stipulation now, you know? When it's... And it, it is, too, because then... So you have the All-Star game halfway through the year, and then all those battles that are going on for home ice just become... Like, there's nothing to battle for. Yeah. Like, they right become, now, if, yeah. you did, if you did it in the NHL, like, for example, like, from a Toronto standpoint, like you would literally create zero incentive for Toronto and Tampa Bay to like do anything because right mm-hmm. now, at least Toronto and Tampa are going to face off in the first round. They've been, they've known they're going to be their, their competition with each other for months now, but right now, at least they're neck and neck and their last kind of battle here is home ice for the playoffs. Um, so you should kind of take that away from like a very kind of superficial event, like the all-star game. And then you literally have like, like there's nothing for fans to even like track, you know, there's no battles to track. So yeah. I, I don't know how you do it. Like, cause yeah, if you take monetary out of it from an individualistic standpoint for the players, that kind of is like one of the one things you can think of, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe in the NFL, like you get a second buy week. I like, I, fuck, I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but you got to do something to get these guys taking it a little bit more seriously because right now it's just such a a fluffy stupid event that it's just a a basically a waste of a of a long weekend in the sports world yeah essentially and i got nothing to bet on too so that's kind of frustrating yeah anyways degenerates (laughs) out there hey (laughs) um football let's talk about some football man and we'll talk about the packers in a second because there were some crazy Crazy stuff, Bum Phillips. <laughs> we have, yeah, maybe tomorrow we'll talk about that guy because we haven't talked about Bum in a while. And I think we can talk about him and Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, I heard, dude, 
Jim Bob Cooter used to be the interim offensive coordinator and correct me if I'm wrong for the Detroit Lions. And I think this was when Staffy was the quarterback there. And I would just remember the commentators would be like, you know, Jim Bob Cooter got the play call going. Yeah, so Jim Bob Cooter got some good schemes. Yeah, you know, Jim Bob Cooter loves the, you know the run game here in Detroit. And I'm like, who is this guy? Jim Bob Cooter. I thought this guy was like 70 years old. And then I searched the guy up and he's like young, man. Or he's not old, you know? Yeah, man. Like he's like when I saw that name, I was like, this is a meme account. There's no way anyone's named that. And then Bob I saw the blue check mark next to uh, to Ian Rappaport, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a real person!" But enough about Jim Bob. I mean, fuck, we could go about you know, Daddy Danny the... Dimes, Danny freaking Dimes. Let's let's jump into that, Aaron. Like that to me, this is for a top five, you know, fantasy oh quarterback. My uh... god. <laughs> <laughs> so. For my guy here, Danny Dimes, Danny just, you know, Danny had a great, Danny Cash. Danny, Danny, yeah, more like Danny Loonies because this guy's going for it all. He doesn't care about the dimes. He is reportedly <laughs> looking at, he's Danny Dimes, probably like, what the fuck's a loony? But um, Danny Dimes, <laughs> he, so reports were coming out that, um, you know, he was probably going to fall in the $35 million per year range. Um, but reports have come out that Danny and his camp, Daniel Jones and his camp are looking at a 45 million per year, um, contract extension to stay in, well, I was going to say the big apple, but these guys play in Joyzy, but, East um, Rutherford, East Rutherford. So to keep their franchise quarterback, um, they're going to have to dish out 45 million according to reports, Aaron, I know what I think about this. What are your th- initial thoughts on this uh, development? Well, this is what we talked about a couple episodes ago about the quarterback market in the NFL being so messed up. If, if so messed up, if you remember, right? It's either the quarterbacks are going to get forty to fifty million dollars a year, or near the max of what they can get based on percentage of salary, or the team hits the reset button, releases that quarterback, and drafts a quarterback, and that quarterback plays under a rookie contract. I cannot find or think of a contract or quarterback contract in the NFL where they're making 15 to $30 million a year. It's all above 35 million or it's a rookie deal. So, and Daniel Jones and his agents understand and realize that market. They're also probably wondering who else do the New York giants go after if they tell Danny dimes to hit the curb, right? What they want to, Oh my God. Would they want to spend draft capital on moving up in the draft and starting over again? Would they want to maybe go after Lamar Jackson, which I don't see happening? It literally would be JBG, dude. Like that's literally their only other option via free agency. And I, and, and that's a and that's a massive downgrade from what I mean, Daniel Jones was doing. So yeah, it it is, but like. That's the thing, man. It's like it's that's where basically Daniel Jones and and right now the quarterback, any quarterback negotiations for the most part, you know, unless you're like kind of worse than what's out there on the free agent market, which is very few teams um, have quarterbacks like the the, the free agent market is extremely thin. Um, so I think, like you said, Daniel Jones and his agents know that they have all the leverage. Um and that they basically can kind of force force the Giants' hand, hands here um, to sort of give in to their demands. I mean, is Daniel Jones a $45 million per year quarterback? No, not in my opinion. Uh, not yet, at least. I think Daniel Jones had a – I honestly think he had a breakout year this year. He's been in the league for a while. Like, this was a, the one year where I can look at this guy and be like, okay, this guy's got something cooking here, and he okay, can okay. kind of – Okay. <laughs> and he can – um. He can maybe build off of it and, and kind of etch his way into the the upper echelons of, of the QBs in the NFL. But he certainly hasn't proven that over his career. He's had one good season, but just because his contract is, is up and he's going to have to renegotiate, he finds himself just in perfect, perfect, perfect timing, really. Um, so... 
yeah, it's 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 going to be an absolute gong show um, with what's going on in the NFL. I mean, there's we know there's yeah. going to be so many moving pieces with this QB carousel, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, I actually there's a report today too, Aaron, that apparently Aaron Rodgers, a close a source close to the Packers, um, says that he's going to stay in Green Bay, which I'd be yeah. so fucking pissed off about. Um, I would well, literally fly to Wisconsin and. <sighs> Put Brian Gutekunst into a chokehold if that happened. Well, before we dive into that, because I think we should, um, just one last thought on the Daniel Jones situation. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Complete byproduct this season of the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Dable. Right? He did the same thing at Buffalo with Josh Allen. Turned this guy from a very raw or might be a bust QB into a monster leaves Buffalo. Josh Allen has his worst year in a while in terms of turning the ball over and stuff with Dable gone. Dable turns Daniel Jones into a beast. If maybe the Giants realize that and say, hey, why pay this guy $45 million when he's just a byproduct of our really, really good coach? Get someone else in here and let Dable turn that next guy into someone special, maybe under a rookie contract. Possibly. It's, it's a deep... It, I, I like the, the thought process on that. The one thing that I think is very dangerous with that is, yeah, I don't want to say it's an unproven commodity, but banking on something like that, like basically your coach having the ability to develop, you know, like a quarterback to that degree. Um, uh, forty-five and, million for Jones. Oh, that's oh, I know bad. it's oh, it's that's crazy. Bad. That's but that's bad. the thing. Do you think maybe like I, the thing too? Like that you got to realize too is the Giants have been bad for a long time, and now that they have a taste of like success, and they have a taste of like hope. Um, as Tabby probably is is you know feeling right now, he's probably feeling he's pretty like, damn he's, good. He's gonna punch you in the face after these harsh comments from the Giants. But. Uh, <laughs> But what no, but like with with what I'm trying to say is is that like the Giants have to as management team have to tread very carefully. Because if you're gonna start experimenting in that regard where you're just gonna, you know, rely on Dable to kind of take the next reclamation project and make him into something great, um, like he did with Allen and, and Jones, and it doesn't work, like you are royally screwed. And not to mention, even if it does work, the initial reception of a move like that and a move that is so bold um, could really create some some bad ripple effects amongst the fan base, even amongst the team and guys that are like, wait, what the hell? Like, why are you, like, are we just had like our quarterback have like an insane year and now you're going to bring in fucking, you know, Brian Hoyer and get Dable to read. <laughs> hey, I didn't <laughs> say Brian Hoyer. I said bring in like, uh, a, like a Josh Rosen rookie or... quarterback. Oh my God, this guy. We're going to bring Josh. in like, uh, yeah, bring in uh, Cleo Levin and get him oh. to toss the rock or what? Deshaun but Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser. There you go. There's a Brady <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> oh my God. But I know what you're saying, but it's just I think that's a risky move and it's something that you have to be like you have to have the biggest balls in the world to pull that off to to kind of just roll in that direction after the year that they had. But again, they're stuck, man. It's either that or they're they got to they're not getting by they're not getting by Philly anyway, so let's go, Eagles. Next year is their yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Anyways, well, it's not, it's not um, going to be Green Bay's year once they somehow fumble the bag with Rodgers and Love. Watch Green Bay trade Love and Aaron Rodgers. But you know what? I'm going to retire. Actually, peace. <laughs> I would, and then Jimmy G would be our quarterback. <laughs> they imagine. You know what? Green, Bay and... Green Bay would probably go after Brian Hoyer. Let's be honest. You know what would be the best like story to that? The best script the NFL can write. Would be if um, Aaron, <laughs> if they trade J Love because they think they're going to get a year of Rodgers, he retires off into the darkness and like lives in a cave. And then Jimmy G like gets dumped to the to the free agent, free agent uh, uh, garbage. Green Bay picks him up for nothing. And this guy marches his marches Green Bay to a Lombardi trophy. That would be the funniest most ridiculous turn of events and i think the nfl has to take this to the producers over at fox 
and CBS and wherever they're writing this this show and just be like, ladies and gentlemen, we got ourselves quite the season premiere in 2023-2024. You know, I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about this. And I feel like people should start talking about this a lot more. And that is the quarterback room in San Francisco. Because right now, and the rumors were towards the end of the season, that Brock Purdy is the preferred quarterback in that locker room. Jimmy G is gone. So dumb. But where does that leave Trey Lance? Yeah, he struggled. But let's all remember. Let's all remember Patrick Mahomes also sat a year. He didn't play his rookie season. I think he played one game in week 16 or week 17. Obviously, great offense. He had a great quarterback and mentor, Andy Reid, and that's Patty Mahomes, right? And yeah, like maybe that's a stretch a little bit. But Lance sat a year, struggled his first season, and he didn't really play his first season. But what if this guy, you know, he's sitting, he's learning, he's learning. Like, what if this guy just becomes a monster and San Francisco fumbles the bag there? Well, it is like kind of like, um, I feel like it's a very rash decision too. Like, yes, Brock Purdy had a decent run, like actually a very good run. Sorry, not decent. He had a very good run taking over after Jimmy G was hurt. But I don't know. I mean, like Trey Lance was brought in to be the franchise guy. And for and good reason, ceiling, he's got a his ceiling dude yeah. super high. But like what I don't understand either, and I've said this before, is like I don't really understand why they even drafted Trey Lance in the first place. Because it's becoming clear that like the way that they ran from a systematic standpoint does not entail a quarterback with the characteristics of Trey Lance. Like they clearly are a team that's built around an efficient kind of game manager type quarterback who can make smart decisions, smart throws, um, and sort of allow the run game to cook and basically be able to utilize um, their their weapons like George Kittle and Debo Samuel and kind of let them do the work. He just basically needs to be an efficient, smart, turnover-free quarterback. Yeah. Um, well, And they I don't think... really need that dynamic, rushing sort of um, quarterback. Really, they don't need the Fields, the Justin Fields, or the Lamar Jacksons, or the Trey Lances. Like, that doesn't seem like the way that they're built. And by them kind of prioritizing Purdy over Lance, it kind of seems like they're doubling down on what kind of quarterback they want. So Trey Lance in San Francisco seems like a weird, weird combination, really. It it does. What I don't understand is them trading all the way up to number three and getting rid of those draft picks or draft them. Exactly. I, under, exactly. I, I, under, I understand the pick, though, because Trey Lance in San Francisco and what they want out of it is what is going on in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts in that offense. Because you can say the exact same thing about the Eagles offense where they rely on the run, throw a good game manager in there, make the right throws. You got good receivers. You got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But when you got Jalen Hurts in there who has become an amazing passer – um, this year, with his ability to run and his strength, it puts them not just at a, yeah, we can contend and we got weapons. Like We are a perennial Super Bowl favorite every single year. And if it wasn't for the goddamn defense and Michael Jordan, they'd be Super Bowl champs. So that's what San Francisco is <laughs> looking for, right? They're not looking for a let's be a contending team and make the title. Like They want to be like OP and overpowered. And you put Jalen Hurts, which I think people were thinking Trey Lance would turn into, right? Dual threat can run and can throw. You put Jalen Hurts on San Francisco. My God, my God! Like, but I agree with is- you. I, that's what I mean. Is like it's it's a hundred percent what they should be doing. But by doubling down on Brock Purdy, it's like, well, wh- why yeah. did you go get this guy then? Yeah, like if that's, that's if that's your thought process. Like, I mean, they stuck with Jimmy G forever. And Jimmy G had a good career in San Fran. I mean, this guy went to the Super Bowl. And this guy was like, like I mean, he wasn't the reason that they got to the Super Bowl. Um, but I, what I mean is, is that like clearly they had a system that worked with these type of quarterbacks. And then all of a sudden, you know, they go make a move for Trey Lance where you're thinking exactly what you just said. Oh, fuck. Okay, they want to be OP. Like they want to get like the next Jalen Hurts or the next Patty Mahomes and have this dual threat QB and really put themselves at the top. 
And then they go say, okay, like Brock Purdy is going to be our guy. And then it's like, well, what is it then? Where you like, yeah. like, what is your plan here? So, bit of a weird one. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I think, I think Trey Lance. I think like I, if I'm like if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, my thought process is get Trey Lance back healthy, get him ready for the regular or get him ready for training camp, put him through like a good training camp, get him into some preseason games and sort of have the idea that he's going to be our starter. And then Brock mm-hmm. Purdy is going to be right there challenging him. Um, Challenge but him, that yeah. doesn't seem to be the case. That doesn't seem to be the case. Well, we're running out of time, Gio, but fi- let's yeah. get a quick fire shout here. Thoughts on developing news today. Aaron Rodgers will stay in Green Bay. Jordan Love will ask for a trade if he decides to stay. Quick thoughts. Pathetic. Pathetic um, asset management. Pathetic long-term view. Um, Absolutely hate everything about it. I mean, especially with rumors that the New York Jets are willing to part with the 13th overall pick for a quarterback that is entering his 40s. Um, Absolutely ridiculous. And and a very expected move if this does occur from... um, from uh, Gutekunst and the Packers management, um, their their asset management has been beyond poor when it comes to to drafts and and build and really just building an overall team. Um, they've come up short in so many regards. This is a report though that isn't necessarily verified. Um, it's not something that has been confirmed by anyone other than than basically reports that say the source that they heard this from is a good one. You know, we've heard the complete opposite from another great source. Um, I believe his name is, uh, what was it? Bobby McGill, um, who's very close to the Packers, um, reported very close to the Packers who said that basically it's over for, for Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. At the end of the day, I think that this decision just lies with uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I think anybody saying otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, so once he once he you know emerges from the darkness, I think that will be the the final um, final dagger here. But if the case is that they're planning to keep him, just ridiculous in my opinion. I don't like it at all. Yeah, um, I guess the only thing I'd to say to that is, um, yeah, they they screwed up. Kick this guy to the curb. If Green Bay was, let's say, an Aaron Rodgers away from winning a Super Bowl. Like, let's say they had a San Francisco-esque offense and right, Aaron Rodgers sure. is in there. You get him back for that one year. But one of year course. just to be – because right now, looking at the NFC, they're behind Philadelphia. They're behind Dallas, to be honest, as well. Um, they're good. I think right now, with the progress, they're behind Detroit. We'll see what happens in Minnesota. They're oh, behind Minnesota. Now. That's That's a bit – that's let's let the season play out next. I mean, I think <laughs> that they're maybe you know Detroit had one good year. Let's, but you know what they do. Go Lions, baby. Go Lions. But yeah, yeah but like, like even that we're arguing the fact that they might be behind Detroit shows us that they're not contenders. And why the hell would you draft a quarterback to develop for like four years? A guy that you traded up for in the draft, a guy that you took in the first round when Rodgers was still maybe not in his prime prime but still in his prime like still like best one of the best qbs in the league top three and take this guy with such conviction develop him for four years just to hold on to rogers for one more year where the guy's like barely even like barely gives a shit anymore about the game like just it would be a complete disaster from an asset management from a long-term project and if they did that it would show that a they're incompetent and b we shouldn't we as fans of the Green Bay Packers should not trust anything going on in that in that management room because those guys clearly are are executing year after year with no definitive plans because if that was your plan all along then you failed miserably because it's a completely useless and completely stupid plan to be honest all right, so Gio's pissed. That I'm is, fucking pissed off. Thanks for is, thanks for ending the episode with me all riled up. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem, guys. Give us a follow on the Twitter on Elon's platform. 
We don't have a blue check mark. We're, we're not paying eight dollars a month, but our Elon <laughs> Musk. Our our handle is at TMA Pod. Hey, yeah, give us a shout, and we will shout back. Um, tell you that much. Tell us what you think of the All Star Game. Hey, at me. Tell us what you think about Tiger Woods and his shot at the Masters. I am super pumped for him being at the Masters. Right. Agreed. And guys, please, 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 if you do listen to this podcast, please share. Tell your friends. Tell your family. We're not, we're um, not desperate. We are desperate, actually. We are very desperate. It's not like, um, like a pyramid scheme. Tell your we, friends. Tell your family. Tell your family. Um, you know, you sell to them that they sell to. <laughs> no, but um, no, seriously. Like that's how that's how these things work, man. Like we want we, we want to grow. We. <laughs> We are a huge fan. Um, yeah, we want to grow this thing and we want to continue to kind of, um, you know, do this and, and make it a, a more prominent part of our lives and and grow our fan base or grow our listeners rather. Um, and if you guys who, who do, are listening can help us out with that, super, super appreciated. So, yeah, like I said, please share it. Uh, word of mouth. Um, hit us up on socials and, you know, we appreciate any and all all support in that regard. Awesome. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Adios. See you tomorrow. Fly, Packers, fly. Fly.